All right. So uh, this is our our third in the installment of this section of uh, our study in the victory in the in Exodus. And uh, so next week we'll have our question. I continue to get. I've, I think I've got a queue of maybe four questions uh, teed up. So that's great, uh, including one I think that was submitted this morning. Uh, so. Uh, all good. Keep them coming. Uh, we may take a, a season and just hammer out a few of them. I don't know. We'll see what the Lord, Lord directs. But uh, so next week we'll be back in our kind of our Q and A. But this week we're going to uh, be back in uh, the book of Exodus, specifically in uh, in chapter four. Excited. You know, it's kind of a continuing theme here uh, in Moses' interaction with uh, with the Lord about the the mission that but let's go ahead and uh, look at Exodus chapter 4 we'll read and then uh, pray for for our time together in the word um, start in um, in verse 10 Exodus verse uh, Exodus chapter 4 verse 10 and Moses said unto the Lord O my Lord I am not eloquent neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue and the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, my, O my Lord, uh, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And, send. and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, uh, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well, and also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and I will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman, even unto the people, and he uh, shall be even to, I'm sorry, and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him God. And thou shalt take this rod in hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. Lord, we thank you for the time and your word. We bless it. Uh, Lord, just communicate the truth that you see fit. Lord, in each and every person's life, how you're going to do the work. That's the most important thing. Lord, I, I do want to be a, an, a, an effective and non-distracting mouthpiece, a, a mouthpiece of truth. Uh, of what you've taught me, but more importantly, Lord, I need you to do the work uh, that, that, that can be done. I can't do it. So I, I just lay this time uh, before you and just ask uh, that you interject. Uh, we invite you to be in the middle of this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we have our, our, our uh, t- title today is Victory in Communing, and uh, we'll see that uh, theme pop up here. So the situation each time, right, we go through, and it's the footer on the back of your page, the situation, the struggle, and the victory. So the situation is, as Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow with speech and of, slow, and of a slow tongue. Um, so Moses is, again, focusing on his inability. So last week, we saw that Moses was concerned that they wouldn't hear him so we went through the series of the signs, right, the, the rod, and we saw how God was going to use Moses' hand, but it wasn't going to be the strength of Moses' hand, 
that was going to be the, the, the sign. It was the fact that Moses was, got to be a part of the equation, right? But it wasn't the strength of his hand. It wasn't the strength of Moses' hand that turns the rod to a serpent and back again. It wasn't the strength of Moses' hand that went from natural, if you will, to leprous and back. It wasn't the strength of his hand that scooped the water out, or at least that turned that water into blood. So, but, but, but God chooses to use his people in executing his mission. It's actually a beautiful picture. So, you know, he was previously concerned about the audience's belief of his story, right? And God responded with these miracles. But now he's concerned about his ability to actually deliver the message. Before it was kind of like, how will they know that it was you that spoke to me and I didn't just have, you know, a late night run to Panda and uh, or Taco Bell? I kind of feel like Panda's taking the Taco Bell place, but maybe not, um, because it kind of does things to me that Taco Bell used to do. I don't know. But so it's not just a late night run to Panda uh, or Taco Bell or Pizza Hut or McDonald's, whatever, like that caused this kind of weird interaction with God. He wanted the proof in the miracles. But now, now Moses is like, well, if we're getting down to brass tacks, I, you know, I don't really speak all that great. Right. I was watching a Little League World Series, and one of the kids had a shirt on that said, you know, school is important, but baseball is importanter. And, and I thought about this, and I thought, Moses is probably that kind of talker, right? He's probably from, from Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee. Has a little bit of a twang, right? And I love my, 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 my fellow pastors and, and uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, but, but sometimes, I mean... They speak in English, but they speak in another language, and they're just a little slower. But maybe, maybe it isn't about your ability, Moses. Maybe God, like, maybe God still chose you. Pretty sure he knew that you had trouble speaking. I'm pretty sure he knew that it wasn't going to be your hand, because the last thing your hand did was kill a guy when you got involved. Like, and you learned a little bit and stood up against the cowboy shepherds, but but Moses, this is, this is not about you. This is about me, God, showing up. So Paul didn't rely on wisdom, even though he had it. He didn't rely on his own ability, right? In this case, with respect to Paul, it was his brain. Notice in 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 1 through 4, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, even though he had it, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined, I chose... Not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ. I literally set aside all my knowledge of the law, all those, those things, all that learning that according to Philippians, he counts as dung, right? He sets all that aside, declare, no, I didn't know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified, because it's through the simplicity of preaching, right? Uh, and I was with you in meekness, uh, and I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. It's very important. I've learned this lesson many moons ago. I I believe I apply it here and now, because obviously you're not. I mean. Look, we don't have, we have, I appreciate people bringing breakfast, but that if, if that's what brings you here, I'm sorry, because like, it's just, it's just some stuff, right? It's just some food. Like it's like, if you really want breakfast, you got to.
Spanish ministry. Because, like, they show up with the food. So I'm not digging them. I respect them. But, but what you save someone to, or what you save someone with, rather, is what you save them to. So if, if it was about food, and if it was about a good time, and if it was just about taking care of your physical needs, like, it isn't going to suffice for eternity. That's not how this works. Paul is very clear. I didn't want to come with some intellectual debate and, and all, of the, all of the nuances of that. Because that's not what's important. What's important is Christ, or Christ, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He's the substitution for your sin. That is sufficient. And even Paul... Just looking at him as a contrast, he was not an imposing man in presence or in word. Now, I mean, he was imposing when he had the authorities behind him. When he had guys that could commit you to prison. When he had guys that could stone you or kill you. But after he got saved, after he goes back on the, the backside and he, and he, and he kind of learns what he needs to do in his life. And he beca- he's, he's kind of... I mean, I don't know how, how tall Paul is, but, but I'm suspecting that he was a small dude. Because look, he says, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by meekness and the gentleness of Christ, who in presence embase among you. Like, I'm not pick... Have you seen those commercials? I think it's... I don't remember. It's a bank. It might be Capital One again. I don't know. But it's not what's in your wallet. But it's the guy. And he's like, this is the easiest decision of all. And it's the kids on the playground. And they're like, they're like 10 years old. And Charles Barkley is there. And the kid's like, I'll take Charles Barkley because they're going to play basketball, which makes sense. Like, it's an easy decision. Paul is not getting chosen first for anything. I am base among you, but being absent and bold towards you. Like, when I'm not there, like, I can communicate in a written form pretty strongly. But when I'm there, you kind of are looking over me. For letters, they say, if you jump down the chapter, for his letters, they say, are weighty and powerful. But his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Look, I'm not, I'm not picking at the Apostle Paul. But it wasn't the manliest job to be a tent maker. Let's just uh, throw it out there. I don't, know, I don't know why it is, but I'm getting ready to tell you something. And I'm pretty sure you all are going to laugh. I know how to sew. Some of you laughed. Maybe I should. Some of you knew that. It's not the most manly thing. When people, when I tell that to people and they laugh, I say, I say it involves a machine, it involves RPMs, and you can get hurt doing it. It's a manly thing. But Paul, Paul was not an imposing physical presence. You know, it, it, the, the pattern is very real, believer. Saul wasn't the guy... Wow, I really got somebody. Saul wasn't the guy that God wanted to use. He was the guy he did use for a season. He used a simple, humble David, right? This pattern is all through Scripture. And there's this kind of this saying going around in in Christianity. It's been around for probably a hundred years or so. God doesn't call the equip. He equips the called. And I get the premise. I get the premise. And, and there is a component of that. Sometimes he actually does, in fact, give you a talent, gives you, equips you, and then calls you for that. So 
I don't know that I would definitively say, but he definitely, the second half of that, he equips the called. Like you don't have to be perfect at what you do. You just need to be willing. The results are not technical. They're spiritual. The results are not technical. They're spiritual. First Corinthians uh, also, uh, or one of Paul's letters, first Corinthians one twenty one says, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The simplicity and foolishness of preaching. It, is, it doesn't have to be complicated. So this brings us to our first, our first victory principle. You inf- are, in fact, insufficient. Welcome to the crew. I can't... I'm, I'm, okay, I'm going to pull the veil back. If I meet with you for counseling... You meet with me, you, you come in and say, Pastor Mitch, I, I, need to meet about, I need to meet about something I've been dealing with and sin or some, some challenge, some lack of faith. Something. I'm nervous. I don't want to mess it up. Like, I mean, it's serious. Disciplers, you sit down. You, you know, you start teaching. You're insufficient. Don't, you're, you're, you might mess it up. Now, Actually, you are going to mess it up at some point. And so you should take great confidence that we don't expect you to bat a thousand in this ministry. We actually expect you to fail, but we're going to expect you to fail within the structure so that the failure is not bad, super bad. It's correctable. It's fixable. It's growable, if that's even like, I know that's a word, but you can grow through it. It's an opportunity for you to say, wow, I, I I just stepped in it. Let me clean that up and go a different direction. Like, that's okay. Like, we're not mad that people mess up here. We're not. As long as they got the right heart. So you, in fact, are insufficient. So that brings us up to our struggle. It was the situation, the struggle. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? I mean, maybe you forgot, Moses, but I actually knew that you, were ha- you had trouble speaking. I made your mouth and all of them. Or who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have I not the Lord? Now therefore go. Because I am God, go. And I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. So that's kind of our first communing, our glimpse into the, the, the communing with the Lord. If you go, right, when people, you talk, you hear missionaries, you probably hear mission, the lady, the uh, women, missions, I get up. As long as God's there, as long as God's present, present, you're going to be good in the ministry. Like, I don't know what the specifically they're going to talk about, but you'll hear that. Like, as long as God's there, I'm good. I don't want to be where God's not, but where God is, I'm, I'm, I'm down. And he says that. He gives, he gives Moses that very clear promise and blessing. Now, go, now go, therefore go, because I, made, I make mouths. And I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. Now, I could have spent some time here going, and there's some verses in the New Testament that talk about, you know, when you get persecuted and you go before uh, kings and magistrates and different folks that the Lord's going to bless. We actually covered those in previous uh, verses or previous messages, rather. So I didn't want to spend a lot of time here on that. But so, so bear with me. And he said in verse 13, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou, uh, thou wilt send. 
So basically, if you're, if you're willing, go ahead and send somebody else. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. So Moses doesn't literally trust in the word of the Lord that he just heard. Again, it's the same, same, same song, second verse, just like last week when Moses is told to go and God says, I'm going to show you, every, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you everything that's going to go down. That should be a blessing to you. This is going to be successful. I've been there. I'm, I'm not bound by time. I'm not bound by geography. I'm not bound by space. I've been there. I've done that. This is going to be okay. And Moses is like, I don't know. They might not believe me. Same exact verse, or same exact uh, theme, second verse. I've been there. I make mouths. They're going to listen. It's okay. Well, send who you want to send. Well, I kind of want to send you, Moses. This insufficiency is actually the, the thing he wants to get the glory out of. So he doesn't, he doesn't trust in the word of the Lord. He doesn't trust in the power who hath made man's mouth. Have not I the Lord? This gets to a, a kind of an interesting little uh, you know, uh, sidebar. Had a discussion with one of my, my sons. This has been, been years ago about tithing off of your earnings. That's not your money. Matter of fact, actually none of it's your money. Why well, I worked for it, but you borrowed his oxygen. You used his light to see. He kept your heart beating. I kind of feel like it's his money. And he lets me have 90% of it. I mean, yeah, I put energy into it. I thought about moving this foot over and then this foot over. And I thought about reaching down and picking this thing up or whatever your work involves. But at the end of the day, he's kind of important in all of the, all the equations there. I, I mean, yes... I, I am literally going to think about lifting up my arm. But I don't exactly know how that happens. Do you realize that that's like an electrochemical thing at a cellular level that's really intricate and you didn't make you? So he's denying the power of the creator. He's also denying the promise. I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. Like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be right there with you, Moses. It's going to be a blast. You get a front row seat. Well, you send who you think you should send. I want to send you. So Moses, in this process, is actually pulling away from the Lord. He's like, not me. You send somebody else. Send somebody else. Now, the right answer is played out multiple verses here. One of which, actually, Moses knows the script of because he said it before. The angel of the Lord in Genesis 22 said, uh, called and, and I, I shortened it for some, truncated it for, for room on the, on the screen, but said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here am I. In, verse, in chapter 31 and verse 11, and the angel of God spake unto jo Jacob, and he said, here am I. And God spake unto Israel, said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, here am I. The Moses reference in Exodus 3, 4 God, God called unto him and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. First Samuel 3, 4, and the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. Isaiah 6, 8, and I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. So Moses is, is changing the script now. He was down when God called him at the beginning of this interaction in Exodus chapter 3, but he's not so down when God calls him to go. 
Because what's he doing? He's focusing on his insufficiency and his inability to execute on the expectations God gave him. Again, welcome to the crew. None of us, none of us. I mean, you, people look at, look at a Sam Miles and they think, oh, he's got it all together. I've been in meetings where he don't have it all together. I'm just saying. Like, it's not like any of us are flying by the seat of our pants. I'm not talking about that. We try to prepare. We try to uh, use good judgment and good decision making and, and, and the multitude of counselors to make. But none of us are, are God. <laughs> We're going to mess up. And that's okay. It's move, constant movement forward. So... The Moses is pulling away from the Lord. He's literally saying, well, I know you're going to be there because God just said that. I will be with thee there and I'll tell you what to say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at the appointment. When you talk to the children, the leaders of the children of Israel, when you talk to Pharaoh, I'm going to be present. And Moses, by definition, is, is, pulling, is separating himself from the Lord and saying, send who you want to send. I think, it, I think it should be somebody else. But God said, but I'm going to be there. Isn't that where we would want to be? Sam just said that this morning. Like, even if the ship is, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Like, that's the attitude we should have in approach to our relationship with the Lord. Like, literally, a day in his courts is, like, better than anything else the world has to offer. It's better. Just be, be there. But, but Moses is pulling back, and, and he, he's, by refusing to go and be used, he's literally rejecting this presence. You are going to be faced with decisions. Now, I'm not implying that God is only in certain places, okay? But I am implying if you reject ministry opportunity, you reject the calling of the Holy Spirit to be involved in something, you reject his clear direction for you to move forward in your spiritual journey, if you reject that, you're rejecting the presence of the Lord. You're literally saying, it's better my way than whatever you've got. But the contrast here is amazing. In Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is nigh unto them of a broken heart and save us such as be of a contrite spirit. Like, we didn't have enough slides to put on that the Lord pulls away from the proud. He wants to be with the broken. He wants to be with those that feel like they can't be used, that aren't good enough. That's why his response to Moses is so beautiful. He's like, I made your mouth, dude. <laughs> I made it. I made your little vocal cords move in such a way to produce sound. Because, oh, by the way, you don't even really know about that. You learned it when you were a little kid, and you're now talking. And you move your tongue just the right way to make certain sounds for people to... Like, come on. That's the Lord. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him, and, all, and to all that call upon Him in truth. Not based on a false prop, uh, supposition. And in James chapter 4, draw nigh to God and he'll dry not to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. That's not just that you need to, like that's not this concept that you need to clean up your life in order to connect with God. That's a, that, that Satan loves to twist that concept around. 
if you are not saved, you can't clean up your life enough to get to the Lord. He has to do that. Once you're saved, lean into him because he'll lean into you. That's the point where you cleanse your hands, purify your hearts, because we're all double-minded. We're trying; those of us that are saved are trying to be spiritual, and yet live in, and yet we're, we are required to live in the flesh. Paul talks about that in Romans chapter seven. That that double-mindedness is dealt with by leaning into the Lord. He also now now look at this. This is interesting. Look at this quote: "The Lord spake, saying." I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. Anybody know who said that? Anybody know get this quote? Don't 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 like search it up real fast. The Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. He's, so this is a, a man, hint, number one, it's a guy. A man says this. He, this is a quote from a person. He is communicating what the Lord says. The Lord spake, saying, "I will be God will be sanctified in them that come nigh to me, and before all will be glorified." Well, it's Moses. It's Moses. It's the Moses that learned the lesson after multiple times. It sounds like. And we'll, we'll probably continue seeing it for at least Moses is still unsure. He doesn't have the confidence in the Lord. Not confidence in himself. He, doesn't have the, he definitely doesn't have confidence in himself. He doesn't have the confidence in the Lord. But he gets to the point. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Because Moses has by that point in the story, like, okay, did Moses part the Red Sea? Well, that's what we say. But last time I checked, all he did was hold up a rock. Like, parted the Red Sea, right? And Moses learns that it's this proximity to God that is the key. And the minute somebody... I, I, look, I'm not, I'm not, if I've, if I've dipped into your email and I'm stepping on something that is very personal, part of me is sorry, but part of me is very glad that the Lord's using me to say this to you. But if you're feeling like you're like, I'm just, I just don't feel like the Lord's as close as he used to be. Well, he didn't move. You, I, I love you, but you were the one that moved. You were. So this brings us to victory principle number two. Your success, in quotes, in ministry is directly tied to how close you are to the Lord. That is the number one indicator of success in ministry. It's the number one indicator. It's not how many, how many you know, missionaries get up. Well, we had, you know, 18 and 13 baptisms. Well, you know what? That is great. And praise the Lord if those people really got saved. I, they're like nameless, faceless kind of numbers. But boy, if a missionary gets up and he shares that and then he tells how God is at work and tells of the supernatural ways that God has provided and, and caused X and Y and Z to all come together perfectly. Well, I know, the, I know God's there. 
And that's sufficient. It's not about the numbers. I mean, I love seeing more people saved and baptized and following the Lord. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it's about being close to the Lord. That's the success in, in ministry. So that brings us to our victory, the victory. And so in, in 14 through 17, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. So again, God tells Moses what's going to happen. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. Thou shalt take the rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. So the Lord will accomplish his mission. He will. He will use you however you let him. So Moses has put this line in the sand and says, well, I'd kind of prefer if somebody else goes. Okay. But I'm going to use, in this case, your brother. I'm going to use Aaron. So he will use you to the extent that you will let him. Okay. The more you allow him, the more he'll use you. And then as a He'll use others when necessary. It's just I, I don't. I, it's it's not hard. He'll if he if he if he gives you something to do. If he says, "Hey, Mitch, you're supposed to move to fill in the blank and start a church." I don't think that's the case. Otherwise, we'd be you guys would be we would all know about it. But but let's say that's the case. Pick some place that nobody wants to live. Huh? Did you say Oklahoma? Baltimore? I was going to say. Oh, Belton. Okay. So, so funny story. I think we got time for this. So I put in the men's chat that we need to go pick up the shuttle because the shuttle was getting the AC repaired. So the shuttle is being repaired at Masters Transportation. Masters Transportation sells shuttles. They say, so Decker and I go down yesterday around noon. The shuttle, be park, shuttle will be parked right out front. It wasn't parked right out front. Do you know how many white, non-labeled shuttles there are in Masters Transportation lot? A hundred? <laughs> so, we're trying the key. And we got it. We've been, we 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 use process of elimination. We use process of elimination. Some of them didn't have license plates, so we were pretty sure ours had a license plate. And um, there were some general styles that I knew it wasn't. And we knew it was probably going to be parked where you were able to get it out, so it wasn't going to be uh, cornered in. So through process of elimination, we got it down to dozens. And what? And the key was going to work. And when I finally got it, it was a great day. I, there's no clicker. There was no beep, beep, not, nothing like that. So anyway, it's a good time. That was, you got that for free. So uh, it was fun. But he will use you to the extent you will let him. And when you don't, he will, he will backfill. He absolutely will do that. So we're going to do an exercise. You have a diagram on your page, I, I think. You got some numbers. You got some numbers on there. 
So these are the numbers. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. So do you see the number one there? Draw an arrow straight down. Because that is Moses putting words into Aaron's mouth. Number two, I will be with his mouth, or with thy mouth, and with his mouth. So that is the arrows that are already drawn, the number two. God's going to speak to Moses, and God will speak to Aaron, because that's what God does. God speaks to us, right? Number three, and I will teach you what ye shall do. So that's the black arrow that you need to draw. So I know, it, God's not a cloud, but you can't Google a clip art for God. Like, none of them are good. So, so God's going to speak. I could have done a, a bush, a fiery bush or something. But anyway, so God's going to speak to Moses. So that's the number three, your arrow that you need to add. But notice, and he shall be thy spokesman unto the people. So there's this arrow from Aaron to the people. So you've got God telling Moses something. Moses telling Aaron, and Aaron telling the people. Okay? This is a picture of the church, believe it or not. This is a picture of what they call, the term is called spiritual authority. Okay? It's a picture of that. Sometimes God will speak to a man, a man will speak to another man, and that man will speak to the church. Okay? So I would argue, you're experiencing it now. There are times that Sam tells the pastors, or God will tell Sam a direction for the church. Sam will tell the pastors, so I'll be Aaron in this case, what we're going to do, and then I'll communicate it to you all. It's not, it's not a hard concept. It's not, a, it's not ethereal. It's not, it's not even a thumb down, you will do as I say. Like, let me just be abundantly clear, that door is not locked from the outside. At any point in time, if you're uncomfortable in this place, you are welcome to leave and go find a church that you are more comfortable with. You are not in a cult. We will not track you down. We will not, like, we will not, we will not bring you back, back except to the extent that you may want to come back. We would love, we would hate to lose you because we love you, but we don't love you with our arm around you and you, like, padlocked in. Like, it... You are free. So this is not this weird kind of spiritual authority, but God communicates this way. Now, remember what happened in the garden. God spoke to Adam. Adam was to communicate to Eve, and there was a problem because that communication, that added layer of communication can be where the breakdown happens. This step wasn't supposed to be there. The step was supposed to be God, Moses, the people. Moses' lack of faith created this step. Are you guys with me? That can be problematic. Okay? If a person is not, uh, is not truly faithful. So I need to spend just a moment. So, so you've got your, you've got your, um, your, your chart done. So that we're going to do a ministry practicum. These... These come up from time to time. Notice in verse, um, in verse 16 at the end, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth. So he's going to be the substitution in the stead of your mouth. And thou shalt be to him instead of God. In the stead of, in place of God. Okay? So... 
let me just be very clear because it's about the path of communication. It's not about some weird control. God meant communicate to Moses to the people, but because of Moses' uh, lack of faith, Aaron is going to be to Moses as a mouth, but Moses will be to Aaron in the stead of God because the message is still coming through Moses. Are you guys with me? This is really important. It doesn't say as God. Okay? The verse does not say thou shalt be to him as God. It's instead of, in the stead, in the place of, for the purposes of communication in this context. So God does, or the Lord does delegate the role of communication from time to time. This is not unheard of. In Exodus 7.1, we see it later. And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. You're communicating. He's, Moses doesn't get to make the decisions. Like, he's not determining the judgment. He's not as God, right? I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. I am communicating through you, Moses, to Pharaoh. And Aaron, thy brother, shall be thy prophet. And what does a prophet do? A prophet speaks, Right? So that same process, he's delegated the role of prophet to Aaron. In 1 Timothy 2 7, whereunto I'm ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth of Christ and I lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Okay? So Paul was ordained a preacher and an apostle. Why? To speak the truth in Christ. That was a purpose. God does that from time to time. He, a lot of times, actually. He'll grab a, a man or a woman, and he will pull them out, and he will, he will communicate to them, and they will communicate to you. I would like to think that happens most Sundays. That at some point, God has communicated something to me, and he's asked me to communicate it, and I am in the stead of God. I am not as your God. God has used my voice to communicate a concept to you. That's where it ends. I don't get any. I don't get to. Pro, I don't get to be proud in that. I don't get because that's not how it works. When I'm sitting at the, the dining room table, when I'm praying over what I'm supposed to do, when I'm praying, I'm researching, I'm looking through scripture, I'm comparing scripture and scripture, I'm praying. I don't have your thoughts. I mean, I guess there's time to time I think about you guys and I and I and I pray for you, but I don't think, boy, this message is going to hit Tina really good. I don't do that. Like. I don't know, actually, I don't know any pastors. I've not met pastors that do that. I'm sure there are, but like, I don't preach with an agenda. I don't think, hmm, Shane really needs to hear this, <laughs> right? I just don't, that isn't how I operate. Now, there are times after I got done with something where I've looked at it and I thought, wow, this may be really timely for Decker. This may be really appropriate for Heather, Right? And, and, but I'm just going to share, like, I'm in the stead of God. It's a humbling place. It's not a prideful place. It's not even one of power. It's one, if we follow the, if we follow the pattern, the more I interject myself, the less effective, and the more I have a chance of screwing it up. The better off I am, 
honestly, if, if there's a verse up here that, that just hits or resonates you with you at some point, praise the Lord, that's like the best for me because all I did was kind of package it up and put it in front of you. So jumping back out, yeah, so we looked, oh, and, but, and notice in Titus 2, it's interesting because Paul specifically sends Titus to the island of Crete to do ministry, and he says, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Paul, get, God communicates to Paul, Paul has told Titus to communicate things, just like this image here. This could have been Paul, this could have been Titus, this could have been the people in Crete. That's the, that, it, is, it is wonderful. Now, in that case, it was because Paul couldn't be everywhere, right? All right, so back in our story now, back in our, in our, our, normal, our normal text, it really doesn't matter who does the speaking. <laughs> Paul lays this out beautifully in 1 Corinthians, both in chapter 15 and in verse 3, or in chapter 3. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach and so you believed. Like, I really don't get, you know, I can lift up my shirt and show you my belt. I don't have any marks on it. I don't have a single notch on my belt of the number of people I've led to the Lord. Number of people I've baptized. I don't know why. I feel like I'm a cowboy all of a sudden. Chink, chink, chink. Like, I don't, the number of people in our, number of people in the fellowship. You know what? We don't sit around and we don't be and and Kenny's like, I have 49. I'm like, one day, Kenny, I'm going to get you. Because I, I don't know why I had to spit, because it's like, like cowboy, right? You had chewing tobacco. Uh, you were with me. Okay. It's like, we don't do that. And if we have somebody that chooses to leave this fellowship and go to a different fellowship, or chooses to leave one of the other fellowships and come to this fellowship, we chat about it, make sure that we're not like... There's not issues like people are running away from a problem. So, because so, you know what happens to, to wounds that just heal from the outside and don't heal on the inside, they fester, right? And and so we got to make sure there's not an issue that needs to be dealt with. But if there isn't, praise the Lord, go ahead. It's okay. If you all want to go to a different fellowship, I mean, just probably not like, I mean, I don't know. I, I joked about Spanish at the food, but I mean, that might be kind of weird if you don't speak Spanish. <laughs> You'll be like, I need a translator. Well, maybe that isn't the best place for you. And if you're not, gonna sign, if you're not going into youth as a counselor, that might be a little weird too. <laughs> Other than that, you're free, to, you're free to move. You're free to go. I don't get a bonus I, I stand up here, the message is going to be the same. I believe the message will be the same. If there's one, well, there better be one. You better be showing up to this. If, okay, everybody else can go to other fellowship. You have to, you have to stay with here. And I'm pointing to Liza. I'm, I'm pointing to my wife. Um, just for the record. Like, she has to come with me. Because, I mean, I need at least one. I got a report. There's at least two people. It's like the guy who ran for office. And he's got nine people in his family and only got five votes. I don't know if anybody saw that. He was devastated. <laughs> so it's, whether it, it were I or they, so we preach and you believe. If God uses Kenny, if God uses Dell, if God uses Chris, if God uses any, you know, any of the other guys here that have fellowships and, and, and Lord willing, 
But now that we got some other arrangements and things are moving forward over to Meyer, we're hoping to start fellowships. If if a couple other fellowships for specific age kind of demographic kind of situations, if you feel led to be a part of that, praise the Lord. I want to talk to you about it. Let's make sure it's a good fit. But praise the Lord. Like it doesn't matter who does the speaking. In 1 Corinthians 3, who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed. That's all. Just ministers. They are literally lumped together, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then it is neither he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. I mean, it's great that the seed gets planted. It's great that somebody puts the water on it, but ain't none of us smart enough to turn a seed into a plant. That's God's doing. Now, he that planteth and he that watereth are one. We should be one. We need to protect that unity. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. And then, lastly, let the record speak for itself. Notice in Acts 7.22, Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And was, wait, 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 wait. This has clearly got to be a contradiction. Mighty in words and deeds. Mighty in words and deeds. I thought he didn't speak so goodly. Well, if the chart is anything, and it is, indicative of what happens, God hear, or Moses hears from God, communicates that to Aaron, and Aaron communicates it. So Moses, in fact, is mighty in words and deeds. He does have um, the record speaks that his involvement was important. Jeremiah 1, we don't have time to, do, to, to look at this, so as Sam says, this could be your homework, Jeremiah chapter 1, it's very interesting. Jeremiah goes through a very similar struggle with the Lord about, his, about saying yes. And, he, and, he, and then said I, Jeremiah, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak slightly different reason, for I'm a child. I'm not, I'm like, in light of all that you're asking me to do, I'm insufficient. But the Lord said unto me, say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to do all shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. And be not afraid of their faces. Why? Because the same rule applies. Just like in Matthew 28 in the Great Commission, I will be with you. Like, that's enough. If God calls you to Belton to start a church, he's going to go with you. I think they still let God in. I mean, Decker and I got in the city limits just fine yesterday. We stole a, we stole a shuttle bus. I'm, I'm a little surprised the police didn't come up with us checking every shuttle bus. Hey, they didn't. We got away with it. They will still let God in there if God has called you to that. And the, the record that I'm talking about twice in Scripture, Jesus quotes Jeremy or Jeremiah, the prophet, about things that he said later because he was willing to be obedient with, to, to the Lord's calling. Like, how cool would that be if you were a prophet and your words got quoted by Jesus? Wow, kind of a big deal. Not like in stature, but the thing is kind of a big deal. I mean, if Jesus is quoting you, wow. So let the record speak for itself. Just be obedient. Just do what you're supposed to do. Let the record, like, 
all the, all the chips are going to fall where they may. So victory principle number three, let him be with you. Commune with him. The mission will get accomplished. But he, he chooses to use you. And the only limiter in this equation, the only thing that's going to stop it from happening is you. Don't let it get in the way. If the Lord calls you to something, say, here am I, send me. Because you don't want to be still here at Midtown if he's called you to somewhere else. This is literally not the best place for you if he has called you somewhere else. That place is. Now we want to be sure that that's where he's called you. And there's principles to hearing how the Lord speaks. And it isn't our emotions most of the time. Most of the time it's scripture. Most of the time it's validation of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes through circumstances, right? The Lord is, is, is orchestrating the circumstances to facilitate. We had a wonderful testimony from Andrew on Tuesday night. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, if you weren't here on Tuesday night for the report about Vietnam, I would really encourage you to go back and, and at least watch that portion of the message. Because everything they thought they were going to do, just like in Acts 13, the Macedonian call, just when they thought they were going here, the Lord shut the door. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So we'll go here. The Lord shut the door. And it was when they weren't paying attention, they run across a guy who is a guide at like a park who ends up being the critical cog in the wheel to get them to the building that they're supposed to be in, potentially with the cover, the legal covering they're supposed to have for the, the government. That same kind of thing happened in Boston. The really smart pastors of this church and Dan, pastor in Lee Summit, they go to Boston. They're going to look for, they're praying over, the, and they miss their stop on the, the subway. So they get out and they start walking. Boom, they find the church. Like the Lord loves that. Because it isn't by the strength of our hand. It's just by our willingness. He, that is, so there's going to be validation sometimes through circumstance. There's going to be validation when God shows up. So if you're considering some other fellowship, some ministry, some maybe another church, maybe you feel like the Lord's calling you, we can work through that. We love you. We'll miss you. But we want to make sure God's in the middle of it. We want to make sure God's in the middle of it. Now, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, if you're, it's really, really important. Like you can't work through any of that equation. You can't if you don't have a right relationship. According to scripture, our sin separates us from God. And if you don't have a covering for that sin, a substitutionary payment for that sin in the person of Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross and his conquering of sin and death, then none of this is going to actually apply to you until you deal with that. And we're running, we've run out of time, but if you have not made that decision, I beg you, please come up. Those of you in the class that have made that decision, if you are circumspect and see that somebody else needs to talk to me, I'd, I'd ask that you'd be, be mindful of that. But please, you've got to deal with that. Don't let a shuttle bus stop you. Don't let the kids, like we'll take care of your kids an extra long time. We'll make sure you get where you need to get. That is the most important thing. Okay? Believer, please get out of the way. Stop coming up with every reason why you can't do this. I know your hands are not good enough. I know your mouth is not good enough. I know you've got baggage. I know 
You are insufficient. It's designed that way. It's designed that way. Stop thinking you have to have everything, all your ducks in a row. No, we'll get your ducks in a row. Please surrender yourself to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the day. We thank you for, uh, I think, the, the clarity of Scripture. I pray that I just was, was not in the way. Lord, just, just use your Holy Spirit uh, to do the work that I can never do. And we just ask that as we uh, depart from here, that you would be honored, glorified in our lives, that we would not put up obstacles, we would not put up roadblocks, but that we would be submissive to your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a great day in the Lord. If we need to chat, just grab me.